Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday. Fuck it! January 22nd, 2024. What's going on? How are ya? Yeah, but I'm out in my fucking garage out here. And my fucking TV, first of all, has been fucked up for like a year. You know? I never get around to calling the fucking guy because I, I just don't want to deal with it. So now here it is. There's a playoff. Playoff? Playoff game right now is happening. The Lions against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 17-10. great fucking game. Okay, Lions had the momentum. All right, Buccaneers come back, tie it up at the half. Lions are now up by seven. Fucking pass interference call. Here come the Bucs, right? Go out to my fucking garage. And, oh, my God, the cable actually works. But you know what's fucking hilarious? The only channel that's coming in, I swear to God, is the QVC channel on up. Like, I can't even get network fucking TV on this thing. I literally was just hopping mad. Screaming, are you fucking kidding me? I was so livid I had to hit mute because I couldn't listen to this Larry Hagman looking shithead talking about this fucking pot like he was actually excited about it next to this other woman. So that's where I'm at. So I don't know what's going on with the playoffs. I did watch uh, as much as I could of yesterday's games. Um... I had the Ravens and I had the 49ers to cover. Both lay in nine and a half. And, uh, you know, Texans returned a kick or something like that. I think it was a kick. And for a second it was close. And then they just kind of ran away with it. I will say, though, I, I, I don't like how much Lamar Jackson has to run all the time. I just kind of feel like that style of play... At the pro level, you only do that for so long. I always look at Michael Vick, who was with one of the other than like maybe Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson, was the fastest guy I ever saw. And they even caught up to him at one point. And he got hurt. So that's the only thing that I would worry about. Other than that, their defense looked great. Everything was, was uh, great about that. And then um, Green Bay who I was less than impressed in the second half of Dallas, shows you what the fuck I know, came out and gave San Francisco 49ers all they could handle. All they could handle. Thank God fucking uh, uh, Pete Pastyface there missed that fucking field goal. Um, or the 49ers. I mean, they, they would have been playing for, uh, for overtime. Um, it was amazing. When he missed that field goal, you just knew the 49ers or just, just NFL football. It's like, oh, now they go down the field and then they score the touch. Like every fucking time. Every fucking time there's an amazing come from behind fucking win in all of these games. It's just like they used to have this thing when I was a kid. They used to, it used to be called uh, Alcoa Presents Fantastic Finishes. And they would have to go back years for, to somebody throw a touchdown the last second of the fucking game. It happens every weekend now. Um, which I think is by design through rule changes and all of that shit and these stupid ass fucking defensive schemes. So, um, you know, my money was on the 49ers, but watching how Green Bay was playing and everything, I was like, now I want these guys to win. And I hope, I hope the 49ers aren't going to squeak out a, a victory here. And that's what they did. They went down and squeaked it out. And now 49ers fans, of course, are acting like they dominated the fucking game. Not... Real 49er fans, you know, real 49er fans would say, you know, Green Bay's fucking good team. They gave them everything. But just the loud ones on Instagram. Maybe they're bots. I don't know what they are. Um, so, but those were two great games. The Detroit Buccaneer game looked great. I got to knock this out because my kids are napping right now. And I'm going to watch that Bills uh, Chiefs game. So, uh, I took Tampa getting the points. And then I got, I got the Chiefs. And, uh, and the only reason why I'm t it's weird, like I'm taking the Chiefs, but I'm rooting for the Bills because I want to see them finally push through. But like I'm doing the Anything Better podcast, so I have to say how I, I, I'm betting, you know. But um, I believe in the Chiefs in the playoffs until they shit the bed because those fucking guys every year. You know, fumbling, bumbling, stumbling through the regular season, and then the playoffs come around, 
and they just seem to lock it down. Uh, oh my God. The Bills have to do it. I mean, they're like they're like the they're like the AFC's like Cowboys. Um, at this point, minus any Super Bowl championships, I think they won an AFL title like way back in the day. Um, way, well, way, way, way back in the day. Um, anyway, speaking of that, uh, what did I do this week? I uh, I caught a cold, sort of. I've been like fighting it off. There's something going around with all the kids. So then they come home and they end up giving it to you. My son has been getting up like clockwork at 3.35 in the morning. To the point we like lock the door hoping he'll get frustrated. And he just like, he just sits there like, you know, like knocking. Like 3.35. (laughs) And then you just hear him breathing through the door like and then you just hear hello (laughs) just like oh my god buddy go to bed what are you doing you know and uh he's potty trained and everything but he still wears a diaper to bed so he'll get up and be like dad i wet i wet oh my god jesus christ so then i get up Right, point my toes at my knees so I don't fucking snap my Achilles. That's a good one for old guys. Point your toes at your knees for like a good 15, 20 seconds. Point it the other way. If you start to get any sort of Charlie horse in your legs, just go the opposite way. Um, That immediately releases it rather than making all those noises and waking up your wife. So I end up, uh, you know, changing him or whatever and then he's asking me to sleep in his bed with him and I'm like nobody you have to stay here so I go to close the door he starts whining which is going to wake up everybody in the house so I say okay fine so he his bedroom was also the guest room so there's like an adult sized bed that he sleeps in so I fucking get on the other side of it so it's me and him so there's plenty of room so what does he do he gets on me like a freaking koala what is it eucalyptus tree is that what they're always on right and he's just like kicking me and doing all this shit until 5.15 in the morning. <laughs> Breathing in my ear, playing with my beard. And I'm just laying there like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Um, and then we both kind of nod off. And I wake up around like 7.38. And I can hear him like he's asleep, but he's also, his head is still on me. And I look over at him. It's like mouth is open. He looks adorable, right? And I'm like, like passed out. And of course, the second I move and then he's up. Dad, I want pancakes. Dad, I can you have pancakes? <laughs> so um, anyway, but I, I shield my lovely wife from that because like you got you kind of got to figure out what people are good at my wife is not good at waking up in the middle of the night and handling shit and then going back to bed it makes her super she makes her almost as grumpy as i am after eight hours sleep i'm working on it um so i always take the bullet i'm like i'll, I'll do that but she handles uh she handles all that mom shit you know like knowing what's going on at school what events packing their lunches and doing all of that shit. I'm more like the fucking clean up the mess, get the shoes on guy shit. Um, but anyway, um, I've continued to go out this week uh, doing stand-up, putting together like this next 20 minutes. Really excited about that. Still playing the drums and I have not been able to fly because this is the time of year where it like fucking rains every day for like, I don't know, two weeks and that's our rain for the year. So I just got to kind of ride this out, which is fucking hilarious because right when I, my tour starts, all right, is when it's going to stop fucking raining. And then, I, you know, it's just always like that. I actually, there's a few like things I want to go fly to see. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, this rock star's house that you can take a, uh, a tour of. I'm not going to say who. There's too many, you know weirdos out there well how the fuck would they know when i was all right johnny cash's house 
you can take a tour of one of his houses in Ojai. Um, so I was thinking of flying up that way with a buddy of mine and then just cruising up and checking it out. Cause they like, you gotta see it, man. They like redid the house, um, like the way that he had it. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. It kind of looked perfect. You know what is Dean Del Rey got me into that mid century architecture. I used to always just call it Brady Bunch architecture. Like I was never into that shit. And now all of a sudden I'm kind of, I'm getting like fucking obsessed with it. It always just looked like weird to me because we always grew up in like, you know, old houses or whatever, being on like the East coast, you know, those ones they'd have like a fucking, they'd have those old heating systems from the early 1900s. And you either felt like you were in a sauna or you could see your breath. <laughs> <laughs> depending on how close you were because the heat was fucking no joke you just couldn't shut it off like you shut it off and within eight fucking minutes um yeah for the, mo the I, I moved around a lot as a kid but the, the main house that i lived in was we lived in a duplex and there was a family in the back of the house and then we had the front of the house and it was this big old turn of the century house with this incredible wood and all of that. And you know, what's funny was when I grew up, I always was thinking like someday I'm going to buy this house off of the landlord and open it back up because I thought it was so cool. Cause it had two staircases. It's like from back in those days when you had like a staff, you know, and it was so funny. Like they would always have like the front staircase that the owners of the house had would be this really decorative wood and all of that. And then in the back of the house would be just like a basic staircase for the air quote help, whatever the fuck they used to say back then to come up and they would be downstairs making your breakfast. And then when you came downstairs, they would go up the back of the stairs to make up the beds and all of that. And the whole thing was that you didn't want to see them. <laughs> Can you imagine treating people like that? They made you fucking breakfast. You don't even say thanks. And it's like, we have an old, our own private staircase because we don't want to see you. And then, yeah, clean up my fucking uh, soiled sheets or whatever. I mean, it's just fucking, it's unreal. Um, but I didn't know that as a kid. I just thought it was so fucking cool because everybody else that I hung out with had a newer house. So there was just one you know, staircase going up and coming back down. I always thought it was cool that there was two. Um, and it had all these weird windows and all of that type of shit. And, uh, you know, I always wonder what happened in that fucking house. Um, anyway, oh, Billy, going down memory lane here. Going down memory lane. And I've been doing that a lot. I've come out of my fucking depression. I realized what it was is I need to do stand-up more because it makes me so fucking happy and I get a rush and I can stay ahead of the fog there. And, um, I mean, I, I was, I was in a bad place. Like there was something about David soul dying who played Hutch on Starsky and Hutch. Like I remember when that show came out and watching him fucking jumping over the car and sliding across the fucking hood. I'm like, how the fuck is that guy dead? And he's 80, you know, rest his soul. Jesus Christ. Um, he's also in, I think Magnum force. Um, with Clint Eastwood and um, I it just I went down you know like they call like death scrolling or whatever on Instagram I went on like a death scroll and I just started to see who the fuck was still alive from all of these shows and I had to stop at Laverne and Shirley you know happy days isn't that bad the older people and the one who played Joni unfortunately are, are gone but I went to fucking Laverne and Shirley everybody on the show is dead except for Michael McKeon, who played Lenny. They're all gone. I didn't even know Shirley died. She died last year, rest her soul, and I was just going like, what the fuck? But I ended on a happier note with Taxi, where most people are still alive, and I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what is the purpose of this fucking exercise? Because I've been a person who has not given a fuck about his age and uh, somewhere, sometime during, I don't know if it's being 55 or if I just took too much time off the road and I was just like, I'm not going to drink a bunch of coffee. I'm not smoking cigars. And I just fucking just sat here 
<laughs> and it all just sort of fucking, the walls started closing in. So fortunately, I'm lucky enough to love my job. So uh, I've been going out doing that. And that has been, uh, you know, going down there and shooting this shit with other comedians and stuff. Just doing that. It, it, it definitely pulls me out of it. But um, I don't know. It is That is kind of a weird thing. So anyway, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do on this podcast. Should I just like stop here and watch the rest of these fucking games? You guys don't need my analogies, right? You're going to see. You're going to see what happens. Um, all right. So the top drum songs that I'm listening to right now that I've been trying to play along to. Um, I told you it was Jackson 5. Dancing Machine that has James Gadsden on it. And those hits are on that dancing, mm, dancing, uh, dun, oh, ba -bum, ba -bum, dun, dun, dun. She's a dancing man. One, two, three, four. So the first hit is on two, and the second hit is on the and of three. And it is fucking awkward as shit. Because um, they just come in. They don't count it off or anything. They just go right in. And I'm telling you, I know I talked about this the other day. If you play drums, you have to listen to James Gadsden's drum track. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Um, and then I've been listening to uh, Continue with James Gadsden, uh, with Bill Withers, uh, Use Me, and uh, what's that song, When I'm Kissing My Love. And then, uh, oh, I already talked about this. What was that one? That Three Dog Night, Mama Told Me Not to Come. I've been listening to that, and then I was in the lovely Nia's car, and she likes all, it's funny, she likes listening to that fucking Yacht Rock shit, which is so funny that they call it Yacht Rock. Like, that was like, it was called singer-songwriter music in the 70s when that first came out. Then it was kind of called Easy Listening. And then what happened was the baby boomers, the ones that became like, fuck, the sociopaths that just descended to the heights of their business and just took, 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 right? Never bought into that summer of love shit, you know? Then they got, you know, big boats and shit, and they would be listening to this shit that they listened to as kids. But it's funny that it's now called Yacht Rock, and people think that, like, people actually were writing songs about the sea on purpose for people with yachts or, what, or whatever. No, they, that, it got renamed that. It was like the Laurel Canyon scene, singer-songwriter thing, um... Like the Eagles have nothing to do with yachts. Like, I don't even, they don't sing about yachts or anything like that. I don't, you know, it just, they just labeled it that to sell this to older boomers. And I always called it like, when I listen to those songs, to me, it's station wagon music because I would always be riding in the car with my mom and she would be listening to, you know, Diamond Girl or like the Little River Band, you know, Glenn Campbell the Eagles, all of those fucking, like, all the cool moms in the 70s, you know, and they had this scarf, you know, tied over their head with the curlers, and they would be driving down the street. My mom didn't smoke, but I used to see the other ones. They had those skinny cigarettes, you know? It was sort of the Coors Light of cancer, you know? You had that little skinny fucking cigarette, you know, and they had the window cracked, and they would be smoking that thing, and it was all earth tones, and they would be driving, like, these pea soup green fucking station wagons with the matching dashboard and then like a brown interior. It was fucking amazing. I remember like the, the people across the street had one of those great, uh, like one of the last Woody's, I think. They had the, uh, what the fuck was that? It was almost like a Ford Galaxy, the front end, but it was a station wagon with like the fucking wood. And then their dad was this big CEO guy. And every two years he'd get a new company car and was always like, it was always a Lincoln Continental. And uh, he would come pulling up in that big, he was a big dude, got out of the car, just the fucking guy's guy. There was some cool cars in my, this is when I was w really young, back in like the early 70s. I knew there was this kid, um, kind of a troubled kid, but I remember he was a little bit older than us. He's the one who used to come over and like beat the shit out of me and break my toys and stuff, you know? I told you that story, right? My, my mom got me a little cowboy outfit. <laughs> birthday and I went outside I had a little holster and it was supposed to be like mother of pearl like handles on the guns they're like cap guns and they weren't it was literally plastic you know 
and I had a little bandana, a little cowboy hat, a little vest, and I went outside by myself. I walked to the end of the driveway, and him and his friends were walking by, and they just grabbed the guns out of my holster and just smashed them on the ground and walked away. <laughs> it was so fun. When I think about it, it was so fucking... That's where all like those F is for family stories came from. I remember one time climbing a tree with a friend of mine, and we were up there, and those same kids came walking by, and we were trying to keep quiet, and they saw us up there, and they basically just threw rocks at us until... We cried, and then they got bored, and they left. <laughs> we used to throw snowballs at cars, and every once in a while, some type A fucking lunatic would get out and would just not stop chasing you till he caught one of you. Um, yeah, there was a lot of, like... Yeah, big kids beating the fuck out of you, and there was a lot of really angry adults. We were always fucking with their cars, throwing rotten apples in them or sticking them in the tailpipe and shit like that. I see you guys. I see you up there. You fucking lunatics. Um, anyway, but uh, this is what happens, dude, when your fucking TV doesn't work. I was supposed to be coming out here watching the goddamn game, and, uh, you know... Uh, what are you going to do? Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's do the reads for this week. And then I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch that Buffalo game. Maybe I'll come on at the fucking end here. Um, you know what? I'm not going to do the fucking reads. I'm just going to go into your questions. Fuck the advertising here. Uh, Monday morning content. Uh, used to think people were smug. Oh, this is interesting. I like this. You used to think people were smug. Please tell me you, you, had, you found a more positive way of looking at it. Dear Bill, I'd like to piggyback off the guy from a few weeks, ago, few weeks back who said he realized he's the asshole and lost so many friends. I'm trying to remember that guy. I've been playing these brain games on Instagram that's supposed to help with your memory. So they're, they're fucking weird. It's like you have your hands closed, you open your hands, one of your, one of your hands has two fingers, the other one has one, then you close them again, and then you switch. The other one has two, the other one has one. It's supposed to, like, help your brain. So I remember hearing a long time ago that playing drums was actually good for your brain, like learning, like, independence. I don't think just once you get it down, and if you just keep playing within your... Uh, well, maybe that's something. If you just stay within yourself, like, you know, I'm reading at this level... I know this amount of that, another language, or I know this amount of guitar, or whatever. You keep pushing yourself. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I don't want to get that shit. I've had some of that um, with some relatives, man. It's fucking scary. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so this person said, uh, I used to think people were smug when they just looked back at me during a conflict. Then I realized it usually happens when I'm angry and not listening to them and giving off the energy that I would never even consider what they're saying. <laughs> oh my God, do I relate to that? Yeah, they're just waiting for you to finish so they can walk away. They're actually just being polite at that point. Uh, this part you can probably relate to. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, well, not long ago, I had some guy going off on me about something, and I just looked back at him and didn't take the bait. Because honestly, it caught me off guard, and I also didn't care as much as he did about it. So a minute into his tirade, he called me a smug pussy. <laughs> yeah, at that point, he's trying to get a reaction. I have to say, man, like, is there anything more embarrassing than fighting like a one-way war? And the other person, like, that was like this, this fucking L.A. guy. It was so goddamn funny. He went to New York and he tried to order a gluten-free scooped out bagel with some something or whatever. And everybody was telling him to, and he goes, and I, and I said that. And they all just told me to fuck off and get the fuck out of that deli. And then he just goes, all right, on to the next one. <laughs> and all these New Yorkers were like proud about how fucking angry they are. And they were getting angry at this guy about his stupid fucking bagel order. And it's just like, dude, what are you really mad at? <laughs> Why do you... You didn't know that this guy was doing that. And the guy at the first deli could just say, listen, 
Uh, we don't do that. Like, I don't know what that is. Good luck to you. Welcome to New York. But everyone is like, um, New Yorkers, Boston, like everybody's in love with, you got to keep your edge. Like, you know, you got to make sure you're not happy. You got to be rude. You know what I like about New York? People tell you to go fuck yourself. You know where you, I love this one. You know where you stand with people on the East Coast. No, you don't. There's just as many slick, lying pieces of shit back there as there are out here. And I've lived in both places, so I don't want to fucking hear it. Um, anyway. Um, so anyway, the guy, so I'm a minute in my tirade, he calls me a smug pussy. I was thinking, hey, that's my line. Then it all came together. Those people weren't smug. They were just more balanced people. Anyways, off to therapy. All right. I know I interrupted with my own stories, but there, there was a lot of wisdom in all of that. That's uh, what this person's going for. Uh, I hope happens to me, and I, I hope that for all of you guys, where you can kind of, you know, after all, you know, if something's not working, it's pretty amazing one day when you realize how you're contributing to it or why you're doing it or just some little piece of information that can help you make like a, a change. But um, it's fucking hard, man. It's really, it's really hard. Like me jumping, I'm 55, jumping up and down, upset that my TV that hasn't worked for a year and I've done nothing about it to fix it. And I'm screaming Really uh, flipping the fuck out when a year ago I could have called the fucking cable guy and he could have came in and just fixed the fucking thing. I just don't do it. I just, I, I, um, I flip out and then I just move on to the next thing. Stupid. I'm not a bright guy, guys. Okay. Just, just know that. Know that if you haven't figured it out yet. All right. I mean, I'm, you know, I walk into a bar. I'm pretty smart for a bar. That's another thing, too. There's a lot of people out there that think they're smart. But it's like, no, you're just kind of hanging out with idiots. You know, you're smart for an idiot. But, you know, when people, like, a lot of people think they're fucking smart. It's like, you know, there's people out there that, like, are solving massive, massive problems. In healthcare, engineering, aviation, just, like, half the shit that I'm using right now. The microphone, all of this. I don't know how the fuck this shit works. I don't know how to design this. I can't imagine the brain power, how smart you have to be and the things that you have to understand about the fucking universe. Um, anyway. Then, you know, what's funny is you meet those people, you know. You have a buddy of mine. He goes, yeah, this guy, he's, he's so smart he can't comb his hair. And those people, they're like so in their head, like thinking brainiac shit. When they look in the mirror, they, they don't even see themselves. <laughs> you know... <laughs> And when you think about some of the greatest scientists ever, they, they all have like bedhead. Like, I don't know, like, you're just so busy, like, thinking. It must have been, a, you know, it's kind of funny. I, when did scientists stop getting pussy? Because back in the day, like, they were like famous. You used to get, at least a white person did, you'd get credit for inventing things. You know, anybody not white, they just, you know, it, it kind of didn't pan out that way. Um, <laughs> It just, um, and now nobody gets credit. Now nobody, like nobody knows who invented anything anymore. There's all these crazy inventions every fucking year. And it's just Apple's got a new fucking, well, who did it? What is the person's name? I want to know who, who's the Eli Whitney? Who's the fucking, uh, you know, Johnny Appleseeds. I can't even name uh, a scientist. Who else invented things? Tesla. And then that other grumpy cunt took all the, all the credit, right? Edison, Thomas Edison. He was sort of like the original Jim Ursay. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Epstein. Billy Cronkite. Here's why the Epstein list is crazy and it worth, worth at least an inkling of attention. The list is a flight log that was confiscated when he was arrested. Yeah, here's my question. According to who? 
Files were sealed due to the nature of the investigation, i.e. it involved rich people, not average civilians. How about also that it was an island and there's, there's no jurisdiction that anybody really has? He would have had to have been doing this shit in the United States. He had like his own country. Um, Epstein, Epstein was arrested based on the accounts of several females who were held against their will in a sex ring. How he got his money and influence is a whole story you might be interested to check out. Um, I'm not interested. And I don't buy that list for a fucking minute. I just, I just don't. It like, it's like two years fucking later. All of those people are like super fucking powerful. First of all, nothing's going to fucking happen. And what I love is nobody gives a shit about those women. What they really want to see is a famous politician or some celebrity lose their house and go to jail and all of that so they can watch somebody go down. But they, they, they're not going to be like, hey, we've created a home for all of those poor 12-year-olds that were getting banged by these CEOs, right? And politicians, they're not going to do anything for them. That's why I don't like the story because it, it's not about helping anybody. It's, you know, it's immediately politicized. Trump went there, Bill Clinton went there, and it comes red, becomes red and blue like everything else. That's why I, I kind of avoided it. But you know what? You know what? I'll have an open mind here. Anyway, even before the events on the island became public, he was initially arrested and prosecuted for unlawful sex with a minor. A number of girls around the age of 14 testified to hanging out at a mansion and being exploited. The evidence was damning and anyone else would have gone to prison for life. Instead, he got out. Even after this, he was still courting millionaires and politicians and constantly flying to his private island where the nefarious acts took place. Um, that's alleged, buddy. Just because you went to his fucking island didn't mean you partook in anything. You could just be going there, kissing this guy's ass, hoping he would give you money for, your, for the campaign. I thought that there's also that part, too. Um, it wasn't until recently that the court released certain files under the Freedom of Information Act. Oh, I love that. The Freedom of Information Act. You know, the one that they were going to let, you know, if we're going to finally figure out what happened with the Warren Commission. Those things when they when they release them and like half of it is blacked out. That's not freedom of information. They're still censoring it. I, I find the whole thing highly, highly questionable um, that there was this list and that these people that were on the list were so fucking afraid of their name getting out and what was going to happen that they had to kill Epstein. And then they kill him and then a list still comes out. So like, what was the fucking point? You know, that was basically my bit. When they killed Oswald, like a list didn't come out. It was it. He, he was dead. And they were like, he did it. And then they had the Warren Commission. Yup, he did in fact do it. And it was done. There was no, oh, by the way, uh, the CIA or the Cubans or the Russians. It was none of that. It's none of that. The mob, um, it was over. Anyway, of all things that occasionally make it into the news, this is something that actually matters since he was allegedly blackmailing U.S. politicians. Okay, all right. Well, I know this, is, this list is exciting, but can I ask you a question? What exactly has happened since the list has come out? All it is is just a bunch of regular people saying who they think was on the list or who is on the list, who isn't on the list. None of these guys are going to get prosecuted. It's just, it's just going to fade away. Um, there are lots of independent journalists who have documented the case and tied him to several intelligent agencies. Most notably, the arresting officers in Florida were told to back off from long-term investigations by intelligent officials who took over the case. Um, yeah, I mean, this all tracks. This sounds like the typical above-the-law um, white person with his own island. I mean, this is... <laughs> Hollywood has been making movies about people like this forever, right? Doesn't James Bond come over there and the guy's petting a cat? Um, considering young women were raped, you'd think the behavior, you'd think the Believe All Women crowd and media would have helped amplify the issue. Um, Clinton was on his plane 48 times after his <clears throat> initial arrest, sometimes without Secret Service. Oh, yeah, I mean... 
I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Bill Gates was too, and his wife cited their friendship as an issue in divorce proceedings. And as a consolation, I'll mention Stephen Hawking was as well, who, according to records, was into midgets and threesomes. I mean, all right. This is, can I be honest with you, dude? This is all just a bunch of hearsay. And what I love about all of this is all you're naming is famous people like this. And, and that's all people care about is Clinton, Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking. What about all those other guys? We're like, who's that guy? Fuck that guy. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who that guy is. So that's not exciting. That's not an exciting story. Let's go after this guy. Let me tell you something. Nothing's going to happen to any of those fucking people. And no one's going to help those women. And there's going to be another fucking asshole with an island. And they'll continue to do that shit because those people are literally above the law. And when you're above the law, you can also control the fucking list or control whatever happens to the people on the list. And I'll tell you who's not going to report or do a fucking thing about it unless they pick a political side will be any major news network, 24-hour news network. They're not going to do anything about it. So I don't know what all the excitement about the list is, like somebody's going to go down and get punished or the big thing, maybe they're going to help uh, those poor girls that were on the fucking island. Um, when that happens, I will get excited by that story. But other than that, it's just a bunch of chasing your tail bullshit, I think. Anyway, anyways, of all the things people talk about, I think this is better than a lot of news covered because these people control the food supplies, as you say, almost literally in Bill Gates case. I wish the prevent defense was mentioned in the case, so you would have read about the details. <laughs> Love you, Bill. Thanks for the laughs. Um, okay, I mean, fair enough, but, you know, so you read about the details, and let me ask you this. So what's going to happen now that you're so informed? Okay, because I've gone down, if you listen to my podcast from about 10, 12 years ago, I was, air quote, informed. I wasn't. I just didn't trust anybody, and I was just reading all of this conspiracy theory. And that's what I was doing. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. It just stayed the course. It just continues in the direction it's going in, whether there's a Democrat or Republican um, spokesperson. So, you know, and I have to be honest with you, there, there wasn't too much information that you, you, put, you threw in there that I didn't already hear about. So I, I don't know... You know, I don't know. I just, okay, you know, okay. Oh, dude, the list is coming out. Oh, fuck, man, there's a list. Oh, Bill Clinton's shaking in his boot. He isn't. He isn't. <laughs> he isn't. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. That's it. What's going to happen is there's going to be a bunch of people talking about it on Reddit, and then that's, that's, that's going to be the extent of it. Um, you know, and that's, to be honest with you, is why I stopped watching the news. You know, to sit there and watch two presidential elections in the row with a Democratic Party, which I don't even relate to anymore. You know, we elect who we want to run for president and they say, no, fuck you. And now they're telling people, you know, they can't be on the ballot and that they're, you know, they're boxing people out. and They're calling people communists and anti-Semites and all of this shit. And um, which is fine. OK, let's just say that they're right about all those. But the this, this things that they're talking about, you know, they're not reporting. You know, I don't think it's good that a corporation is going to try to buy up all of the houses they possibly can in this country. Um, I don't know why that's not being reported on. And, uh, you know, but they don't. They just keep it like all they talk about is fucking taxes securing the border and just shit to get people all fucking riled up. I will say something that's fucking hilarious is the amount of people that shit on California and talk, oh, everybody's leaving that fucking shithole of a state. Uh, you know, if you're a Republican, your boy Donald Trump fucking buried this state. He also buried New York. He created all of these new taxes in this baby temper tantrum that he had because we didn't vote for him. And that's why the taxes are so fucking high, not because of liberals or anything like that. That fucking asshole buried us. And here's the thing. Once taxes are put in place, they never go off the books, ever. Um, a Democrat or a Republican is not going to take them off the books. So enough with that bullshit. Uh, birthday weekends for the ladies. A Billy F-250. Wanted to get your thoughts on this. 
So I'm a 51-year-old father of four, work full-time, wife works part-time. Uh, I recently had a birthday. Prior to my birthday, I had a conversation with my wife and 18-year-old daughter. Generally, my birthday presents are shit because I'm a dad and I get it. That's fine. <laughs> I know you just have to accept it. Like the kids get awesome gifts. Your wife has to get awesome gifts. And, uh, you know, you're just a guy. Um, anyways, for this particular birthday, I wanted a new tennis racket. I'm a... 3.5 rating, I don't know what that means, which for people that play tennis understand where that ranks, which is somewhat competitive on an amateur level. At 51, that's amazing. You're running baseline to baseline, is that what they call it? Uh, knowing that my wife wouldn't know which racket I would want, I thought I would buy it for myself and they wouldn't have to worry about getting me anything. My, <laughs> my conversation with my daughter happened to be at the kitchen table too. And the wife went like this. So have you guys got me anything for my birthday yet? Because I have an idea on what I wanted and was thinking I would buy it for myself. The response was, of course, how much is it? I said, it's around 250 bucks. They both immediately gasped and said, you can just get one uh, at Target or Big... Can't you just get one at Target or Big Five? Uh, took the high road. I very calmly explained that I wanted a higher end racket since I play a couple times a week and have improved my game. Uh, it was left that my wife would think about it. Now, keep in mind, for my wife and daughter, they don't have birthdays. They have birthday weekends, which consist of multiple days, weekend getaways, dinner with different family and friends. This is even this is even if their birthday is on a Wednesday. Oh my god. These stories, dude. <laughs> these stories it's fucking amazing. I like I hear these stories and I hear this shit a lot and and like uh I'm lucky. My wife is is cool as shit. She's the reason I have my old truck. When I finally saw that thing, oh my god, I love that thing. She goes, "Just buy it." And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, go buy it. Go buy it. You know, she, she's never been like, she's never been like that. Um, and I've always been like, you know, what do you want for your birthday? I always go, nothing. Don't get me anything. I don't need anything. I want like an experience or whatever. So occasionally there is something that, uh, that I do want. So I, I kind of lucked out. I feel bad for this guy. Jesus Christ. As I left the conversation and left let my wife think about it, I was pretty steamed that it was even questioned, considering I don't ask for much, pretty much pay for everything, mortgage, electricity, cable, groceries. Yeah, you know, instead of being steamed, the thing that works with women, just say like, you know, calmly, go for a walk and have your Tourette's as you walk around, or jump up and down and yell at your TV in your garage, like me, and then go back in. And what really works with women is calm energy. Uh, I guess I figured this out. <laughs> calm energy. And just saying, listen, um, I know you guys didn't do this on purpose. So don't come at them accusatory so they can hear what you're saying and just say, listen, that really hurt my feelings. Um, I feel like, you know, I was telling you guys what I wanted for my birthday and you guys were telling me to get the cheaper version. You weren't, I didn't feel heard. And then I feel like, let me finish. Let me just, let me just say this because they're going to interrupt by then. And then just say like, you know, I look forward to when it's your birthdays and we do birthday weekends for you guys. And I love all the different events and everything. And I feel like I'm not asking for a weekend. I'm just asking for a tennis racket. I didn't feel that that was too big of an ask but you guys made me feel like I was being selfish. There you go. Just, you just do that. Or you can do what you're going to do, which is just go out and buy the fucking racket. This is what you should, this is the other way you can do it. If you just want to be like fucking passive aggressive and hostile, go to the party store, whatever the fuck they call it. Buy yourself a birthday hat, one of those new year fucking things. Put the hat on. No, don't put... Take, buy, buy one of those little fucking stupid hats and that noisemaker. 
then go buy your racket and then walk into your house, have it on, unzip it, show it to them, and then blow the horn. And then just fucking walk away. <laughs> Happy birthday to me! Um, that's one way you could do it. Uh, person says, I'll pay 250 bucks on a family birthday dinner with the in-laws. And all that is a shitty memory with people you see too much anyway. Uh, but like I said, I took the high road and didn't pick an argument. Very wise. About an hour later, my wife came back and said, you know what? You should get the racket. My daughter strongly agreed as well. Wow. Okay, so bottom line, like you talk about often, you got to pick your battles with these women. Well, you know, the big thing was that you didn't go like, I'm fucking paid for everything, you fun, grateful bitches. I mean, that would have been, that would have been the end of it. Um, huge fan of, what, of all you do. Thank you. In my opinion, Paper Tiger is the best stand-up special ever. Well, I, I would not agree with that, but that is very, that is very nice. Thanks for reading, and go fuck yourself. Which you should probably say, well, Bill, what do you think is the greatest stand-up special of all time? Mine is Richard Pryor, live in concert, the one he did down in Long Beach. And then if I was going to say the greatest ones of all time, um... Hmm, those are tough. Dave Chappelle killing them softly. Um, not only did I love that hour, I loved uh, what he was doing and what he was saying versus what everyone else was doing and saying at the time. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Not, you know, not that I don't love all his other specials. That was the one. It was sort of the first one um, that I feel created his legend, like, this guy is above and beyond um, other comics. Um, I would say, yay, 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 dee, dee, dee. Eddie Murphy Raw, the George Carlin one where he uh, was talking about the earth just shaking us off, that bit about AIDS was fucking amazing. Um, uh, that's a tough one. Trying to, I would say Steve Martin. Um, had one in the late 70s that was amazing. And once again, that was one of those ones compared to what people were talking about. You know, everyone was so fucking serious and wearing these, you know, Vietnam army coats from when they served or something that they bought in protest to mock the government. Everything was really fucking serious. And then he came out and was just fucking fall on the ground, funny, like silly, um, which is, was, was really needed. It was amazing like that time. Cause like um, the way the music industry had just sort of jumped on, um, you know, black music and kind of sort of turned it into like disco. And they just sort of, you know, it was right around Disco Duck. <laughs> I swear to God, was a song. Disco Duck. Like, that's how big Disco just put that, you know, hi-hat opening and closing. And on every fucking song that they, you know, what Donald Duck sounded. This duck was singing about going out to the disco. And it was Disco, Disco Duck. And then, oh, it was really, it was really bad. Um, and right around that time, as far as white rock music, Van Halen one came out and it was just like this lightning bolt that just cut through all of this shit and it was fun. It was loud. It was aggressive. It was just fucking, it was really, really like in a lot of ways, I feel like it was sort of the, the Beatlemania of LA which I know they've done documentaries about that, but like the fucking guitar shredder scene out here. You know, I've talked to that uh, Dave Kushner who did the, uh, the music on F is for Family was talking about like how, how many people could just fucking shred out here. Um, like at one point in garages all around L.A., was like the Van Halen's fucking Randy Rhodes, 
like, uh, uh, that was that D Martini guy from rat and all of them. It's just, everybody was just fuck. slash was somewhere shredding. Um, and I feel like Van Halen breaking through was like a, a, a huge thing for the scene out here. Um, anyway, getting off track here. Let's, let's read the next thing that is going on here. What's, what's the, where am I here? All right. Brother is a swinger. Oh my God. Well, how the fuck did you have this cover? Billy Boninsky. Wait a minute. How do you know your brother is a swinger and are you married? There's no fucking way he approached you and your wife. You know what's funny about, like, lately there's, you know, I was telling you, Dean got me into all this, you know, uh, architecture and shit. So I've been following these different accounts on Instagram. And uh, there was something, you should look this up, uh, a conversation pit. <laughs> so they, they're, they're fucking cool as hell. They, they were like in the middle of a living room. They would like dig like this hole. And they were like probably like, I don't know, like four, five feet deep. And then they would just around the hole, three quarters of the way around, like an old school football stadium, like a horseshoe. They would put a couch and then you had little stairs to go into. And the conversation pit was you would go down into it and you guys have, would have conversations, man. And it just reeks of like boogie nights, drug abuse, and then like swinging. Like back in the day, they would have like these swinger parties and they would have like a giant ashtray and everyone would just throw their keys in and whatever keys you pulled out was like who you fucking hooked up with. I imagine women on one, probably two ashtrays, Jesus Christ, we never know out here. Um, that's kind of what I just think. I just think everybody just all fucking hairy. It's crazy. Um, gross. All right. Billy Budinsky. Six years ago, my brother married a very progressive feminist. <laughs> oh, and he quickly became a beta. Exactly. She, he married an abusive, intolerant person that is going under the heading of a progressive feminist. Progressive feminism has nothing to do with turning the person you're with into a, a submissive person. That's not a relate. This is right out of the gate. This sounds like an abusive relationship. It's just funny when a woman does it to a man because it's not physical. When a man does it to a woman, you know, there's intimidation, there's a physical thing, it's an ugly thing. But when a woman does it to a guy, it's like a fucking mind trick. And, uh, it's sad, but not, it's, it's still funny because he doesn't have any bruises. Uh, she made all the decisions and he just let her dominate. I mean, I don't want to blame the victim here, but at some point you got to be like, lady, fucking relax, right? All right. About two years ago, my kid brother told our family that he and his wife were polyamorous and skirted around the fact that it was kind of her idea. Oh, yeah, no, she's not, she's not a progressive feminist. She's a fucking psycho. Uh, please tell me your brother doesn't have money. He explained it, and it just sounds like modern-day swingers. But the partners are often boyfriends, girlfriends, who will often stay the night or be around on holidays. They both got respectable jobs and make decent money. They both just turned 30. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this relationship isn't going to last. Um, if they weren't parents, I wouldn't give a shit. But their kids are spending holidays with new girlfriends and seeing their parents have friends stay over with them. No, they're going to fuck those kids up. They're going to fuck those kids up big time. You know, get a babysitter. All right, go out to some fucking <laughs> sleazy motel. Uh, the kids are five and six years old. Yeah, they already, they're already fucked. They're already fucked. They already know what's going on. And we're all kind of worried about how this will affect the kids. Yet no matter who talks to him, he shrugs it off, calls us prudes, and says monogamy is harming kids. And that his kids, like his girlfriends, kids, his kids like his girlfriends, and that his therapist says this lifestyle isn't affecting the kids. Uh, yeah, that's all a bunch of bullshit. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's terrible. Uh, my untrained opinion. I think that's fucking. That is ridiculous. It's just two people being selfish. Um, this Thanksgiving, we had his new girlfriend over with others. They go on dates. There's sleepovers. The wife and his girlfriend get manicures together. Strangely, though, yet he's pretty quiet about what his wife does or her level of involvement with men. How do we convince him to cut the shit out, stand up to his life, leave her? I don't know. Do some, do something, bro. Or are we all meddling in someone else's relationship and should just butt out? Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I feel like this is one of these things that he's going to have to figure it out for himself. And the more you try to lead him to water, the more stubborn he's going to be. Like if he's literally looking at you when you're saying like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> hey, man, like maybe <laughs> maybe you guys should get a divorce. You know, if you really want to like fuck other people here, like if he's like, I don't know, like. I mean, I I think for you, there's just boundaries. I would just be like, listen, you can live your life any way you want, any way you want to live it. I don't want that around me or my kids. Okay, so I don't want you, I, like I. You shouldn't be letting him bring his fucking girlfriend over. All right, like that's fucking ridiculous. Like you, I it, his life is his fucking life, and and hopefully he's going to come out the other side and be like, wow, that escalated quickly. You know, the Ron Burgundy thing. But if he doesn't, like, I mean. You, you got to keep that shit away from your, your world. You don't want your kids seeing that. Um, live your life however the fuck you want to live it. But like, you know, if that doesn't go with how you're living, then there's no reason to have it in your house. Uh, other than that, you know, good luck to them. I mean, I don't know what that is. They just seem like two selfish people who wanted to have kids, but just still wanted to be out there. They're too afraid to be single or something. I don't know what it is. Um, like if you wanted to be with somebody and that's what you guys did and you didn't have kids, I agree with you. I would be like, all right, I mean, if that's what you guys want to do, cool. But once you have kids, like that's when it stops being you time. It's, it's, it's your kids. They're, they're what matters and whatever the fuck is going on with you is, it's not even secondary. It's like fucking, you know, rank 20th. It's not even in the top 20. Um, and uh, I don't know what strip mall therapist they're going to, but uh, I, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way that's not. That is just, you know, and once they really put it all together, you know, it's bad enough someday they're going to figure out there's no Santa Claus and that that was a lie. But Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. Anyway, land down under. Hey, Billy Billiardhead, uh, I'm in need of some advice. Play the song. Oh, I don't, I don't have it at my, I don't have it anymore. It's somewhere on my laptop. It's time for advice. Hey, with your host, Billy Burr, and I'm ripping off this melody from somebody else. Uh, okay, I'm in need of some advice uh, about what to do with this girl I met while traveling. Uh, banger and forget about it. How far away does she live? <laughs> All right, for context, I'm a 24-year-old Canadian guy who stepped away from my job teaching high school to travel the world. That's amazing. I'm writing you from Bangkok, and I just finished a three-month trip in Eastern Europe. That's awesome. What a time to do it. And you're single? Amazing. On that trip to Europe, I met the most amazing woman in one of my hostels. I always laugh at hostels because I got stuck in one of those one times when I did a gig in Chicago. Uh, we traveled together for over a month and we got along really well. She's beautiful and is honestly the first woman I've met who I can see my self spending the rest of my life with. What's the problem? Well, she's 33 and from the outback of Australia. As someone who wants kids, being with her would basically mean putting the traveling aside, moving to Australia and settling down immediately. All of my friends think I'm insane for even considering this, but I've never felt this certain about a chick. At the same time, I love traveling and don't know if I'm 100% ready to settle down at this moment. 
then I wouldn't do it. All right. I can't help how you feel about this fucking woman. But oh, my God, she's the greatest. I can really see myself settling down. But, you know, I don't know. Fuck that. You're not ready. You're 24. Don't do it. Um, I'll be traveling with her for another month in Southeast Asia. And I have I have to decide if I'm heading back home with her. Uh, I keep on going back and forth on what to do here. And any advice would be appreciated. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Uh, At the end of this trip, I wouldn't go to Australia. Just tell her this is a huge decision. And I need to be 100%. And I just need some time to think about it. And if she doesn't like that, she can go down under. I'm telling you, dude. Like, uh, you know, there's always something about a long distance relationship where you really let your guard down. Because they're not all up in your grill. They're not right down the street. It, it doesn't feel fucking real. So it feels in this fucked up way safe to kind of let yourself go. And then like, you know, you're traveling around, you're seeing the world. That's a big difference than in the middle, living in the middle of the fucking outback. And this is our town. And every day we go here for coffee and over here we get a fucking Vegemite sandwich or whatever the fuck they do down there. That's a big difference. Um, but only you know what your heart feels. So from afar, I mean, people are always writing it. Oh my God, I met the greatest guy. I met the greatest woman. The only problem, the person last week, they, they live in the fucking Philippines. Of course you fell in love with them. There's no risk. And she's Filipino. They're gorgeous. (laughs) Anyways, thanks and go fuck yourself. P.S. I've been listening to your podcast since I was 17 and just wanted to thank you. I know this will probably make you all awkward, but your willingness to talk about therapy and everything has really helped me with sorting through some of the bullshit from my past. Well, that's great. Listen to the pod on the road also helps me get a taste of home while traveling. All right. Well, good luck with that, sir. Um, but look at that. I already did a fucking hour, so I don't need to check back in after the Bills game. I'm going to watch the Bills game, but I, I got to do, uh, do a couple of reads here. I got to do a couple of reads here. Boom, ba-da, boom, ba-da, boom, ba-da, boom, boom. Um, all right. Hymns, everybody. Hey, you want to have a better sex, uh, better sex, but erectile dysfunction is getting in the way? I would argue that it's not getting in the way. It's just fucking hanging there, blowing in the breeze. If so, you're not alone. Millions of men deal with the hardships of ED. All right? The head of your dick has got a full-on view of the South Pole rather than the North Pole. Polar opposites there. Uh, But with HIMSS, there's a simpler, affordable way to get treated for erectile dysfunction. So you can get your groove back in the bedroom at a cost that you desire. HIMSS is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable and discreet sexual health treatments, all from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. Uh, the process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider uh, messaging. Hims with hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers or if erectile dysfunction is getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hims.com slash burr. That's H-I-M-S, Hotel India, Mike Sierra.com slash burr for your personalized erectile dysfunction. Treatment options, hims.com slash burr. Prescription require on an online uh, prescriptions require an online consultation with the healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See websites for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Oh, look who it is, everybody! Indochino. It's time to start your style redemption story and look great at your next big event. Upgrade that off-the-rack suit sitting in your closet with a fully customized perfect fit suit from Indochino. Yeah, the suits are cheap and you're going to look great and if somebody spills a drink on it, you're not going to give a fuck. Measure yourself in 10 minutes on a visit uh, or visit a showroom. Wear your new look right out of the box and keep your budget unbusted with the custom suit 
starting at just $3.99. Endless options to get the exact look you want from buttons and vents to pockets and lapels. uh, Custom clothing at a surprisingly affordable price. Quality wools, linen, and cotton in different colors and patterns. Uh, Talk about how Indochino tells you what is in style so you're not guessing when you're choosing customizations. I didn't know they did that. I'm glad they did that because I have no style whatsoever. My style is no style. Uh, Set up your measurement profile in under 10 minutes at home or make a showroom appointment. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles added regularly so it's easy to create your next look. Dress better than the other guys with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code BIRD to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's 10% off I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with the code BIRD. All right, that is the podcast, everybody. Uh, go fuck yourselves. I'll check in on you on Thursday. I'm going to go watch that, uh, that Bills-Chiefs game. Uh, like I said, my money's on the Chiefs, but I'm rooting for the Bills there.